Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. We've got a lot to discuss this week on the show, including why Tom Herman doesn't have to worry about hiring a defensive coordinator this offseason. <laughs> At least right now, that we know of. We'll get to that and much more. Uh, don't want to waste any time. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He's the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire. No longer the man behind the glass, but the man who sits right across from me and uh, is a fantasy sports wizard on the daily fantasy stuff. This is true. Um... Safe to say he's he's making the ends. Uh, Matt Butler. Yes, sir. I, I, I would want to say, though, maybe not master of soundboard because that was the dude Dave that just came in. Because <laughs> well, Dave I, is the master I, of soundboard today, yes, yes. All I knew was basically the yellow lights I've ever looked at. I didn't know these green lights are like whole other things with words, and they mean stuff, too. So learn something new every day. Hey, man, this is not your board. It's not like, yeah, I mean, this is like you, it's, you, you basically get this board once a week. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, my element. So you yeah, haven't yeah. mastered it yet. It's, yeah, you got. I don't know what it likes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes time. You got to figure it out. That's what Trial makes the master error. the soundboard. It's like uh, you got to make love to it, make sweet, sweet love to it. Figure, figure, <laughs> figure out, figure out the right the buttons to push. Lacking the, right the subtlety, but yes, same I like delivery. That terminology. Yes. Uh, a man who, as he's told stories on this podcast, G-rated versions of them, knows something about making sweet love. Oh yeah, even if it is on the fifty-yard line, the right stadium beast. Uh, Those are some soft core. <laughs> lifetime, <laughs> lifetime, lifetime long 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamlins and Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, into 40 acres where he earned his degree. If he had a team ring, he'd wear it proudly. But nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and we need to get, like, American Express black cards for the ah. card-carrying members of DBU something. I get some kind of black card or gold card or something. That would, that would be awesome. I would love that. Yes, yeah, on um, UT's dime. Because even on the University of Texas, I want to say on their like Twitter page, it says DBU. Mm-hmm. Like the official yep. Texas like like football page. Taking the claim. I, it, it said it last week. I don't know if it still does. Maybe they change it like week to week. But it said DBU last week. And I was like, damn. that's I like that. Yeah, it does say it. DBU. Yes. Right? Number twenty one in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Rod, I, I was huh. doing some, I was doing some, Represent, baby. I was doing some research this week, and uh, not that it was extensive research. I was just looking around for some All American stuff, and we'll get some All American mentions here in a minute. Hey, Rod, do you realize you're the only number twenty one in the history of the football program to be named All American? Boom. I'm talking about pretty good, pretty good, all time. Hey, I'm just saying, greatest number twenty one in Texas football history. Texas sports, different thing. Discussion on we don't need to get Greg Swindell up here getting all exactly. Greg Swindell has set set me straight one time on air, so I will I will say I was the greatest twenty one in Texas football in Texas sports history. But no, that's not the case. Let's move on from the All America talk and get to Todd Orlando. And you know we'd reported on Horns twenty four seven that Kyle Chip Brown did that there was interest between Todd Orlando and SMU. Uh, Texas sort of, kind of denied it. Didn't really. Tom Herman basically denied it. Didn't really come out and say no. There was no statement released. Tom Herman said if uh, basically if Todd Orlando was going for an interview, I would basically if that story was true, I would have known about it because my coaches come tell me and talk to me about things like that. We all know how. Which is the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Like we all have jobs, okay, and everybody who has a job, you don't want your current employer to know you are looking for 
for another job. Everybody knows that. It's just, and I don't give a damn how high up that job is. You don't really want your current employer to know you're looking for another job or talking to another company about getting another job. That itself, in itself, says you're unhappy with some place or some way in your, you know, in your current employment right. there. Right. So I think, I think Todd Orlando's people may have talked to SMU. As there you was some said. form of contact. Yes, but Todd Orlando can say, Thank "Hey, you, man, man yeah. I didn't really, I didn't do nothing. I didn't talk to anybody. Yes. That was just my agent that was talking to him." I was like, "Okay, well." But the bottom is. line is, mm-hmm. Todd Orlando's not going to SMU. SMU hired Sonny Dykes and Rod. I, I don't I me- know about that's a good. I don't know if that's a good. Idea. I mentioned this when I was with you uh, when I was filling in for you on the Rodcast last week. Which again, thank you for letting me do that. By the way, well done too. Uh, lots of praise that. and compliments. And then uh, I was on with Chad and Kevin on the horn. And I mentioned it on the message board on Twitter, whatever. Um, I felt like regardless of whatever the interest between Orlando and SMU really was, I felt SMU was going to go with an offensive hire. I'd heard Jeff Trailer was the number one mm-hmm. candidate for that job. Uh, Rick Hart, the SMU AD, wanted somebody with some experience, so he goes with Sonny Dice. So 18 coaching changes, 16 predominantly offensive coaches filling those jobs. So if you're a Texas fan, Rod, looking ahead to next year, is Todd Orlando going to get a job? Man, I think there's a pretty good chance you could keep him around because athletic directors, they seem to really crave offense. Offense is what they want. Offense sells tickets. And, and I go back to when Vance Bedford, uh, I guess Vance was a finalist for the job. He got an interview for the Colorado State job when it opened up when they hired Mike Bobo. Mm-hmm. And I remember Vance telling me and a couple other reporters um, it wasn't like an in-depth conversation. It was just like, man, AD's one offense. Offense sells tickets. Offense is easier to sell to your donor base. It's easier, easier to sell to recruits. It's, a, it's probably a quicker turnaround if you hire an offensive guy mm-hmm. because, it's easier, because depending on location where you're at, it's probably easier recruit those kinds of athletes for a system if you're a defensive guy like jeremy pruitt spent think about it, he was a defensive coordinator at florida state when they won a national championship yep. a lot of years on nick saban staff georgia. defensive coordinator at georgia under mark rick goes mm-hmm. back to alabama so if you're a defensive guy rod it's not impossible to get a head coaching job but you better be damn good mm-hmm. you better be damn good and you better have a lot of years of experience and the thing that i think texas fans maybe kind of lost sight of this was Todd Orlando's first year as a defensive coordinator at a Power 5 school. So while it was great and we all saw the turnaround, we'd seen the Texas defense the last two years and we saw it this year. Yeah. It went from flaming landfill to the biggest reason why Texas was in contention in pretty much every ball they game they played. Yeah. No, like I said, the only reason they're bowl eligible. I think for Todd Orlando to get one of those upper echelon, to get a Power 5 job, I think it's going to take a couple of years of that kind of production to where somebody's like, okay, this is a guy that he clearly knows what he's doing defensively. If we can pair him with the right offensive coordinator, we think this thing could take off. Yeah, and I, I agree with you 100%. That's a really good point. You say 18 coaching changes and how many of them? Like 16. 16. 16 of them yes. offensive. Um, and I Because offense is not only what gets you hired, like you said, it sells tickets and puts butts in seats, all the points you brought up, but also it's what gets you fired. Bad defense usually doesn't get you fired. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I I can go over numerous. It's part of the culture in a lot yeah, of Yeah, it places. seems like people, that's more accepted. It's more palatable for the fan base, for the donors and the boosters and the decision makers. Like, ah, oh, bad defense. Everybody's got bad defense. But when you can't put points on the board, mm-hmm. for some reason, that is what angers a fan base. That is what is humiliating for yep. donors and boosters. That's what gets you fired. Mm-hmm. It's because you couldn't put points on the board. Uh, So, I don't know. It is the culture thing. I totally agree with you. And I think you make a good point about being able to keep Todd Orlando. The only issue is if Todd Orlando has always dreamed of being a head coach, and we know he wants to be one because he interviewed for the head coaching job at U of H and SMU. At least there was some some interest there, some mutual interest. Um, I think he's if he can find you know the right situation, the right situation opens up, and there is mutual interest, which ain't you know that's actually a that's a rare um, these days. Like you said, it's becoming a more and more of a rare thing for a defensive coordinator to find the right situation for themselves and then pair themselves up with their offensive counterpart too because that's what mm-hmm. they have to do that's their challenge is when a defensive guy's like all right who's my offensive counterpart that fits me yes because uh, i guess what basically you have with todd orlando and tom herman tom yeah. herman has his defensive counterpart and if you are a one-sided kind of head coach which most head coaches are in terms of your expertise one phase of the 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 football game you got to find your counterpart in that other major phase offense or defense tom herman and todd orlando have found that todd orlando leads 
leaving, he'd have to go find that. That's a challenge. All those things are very challenging, more challenging for a defensive guy than it is for an offensive guy. I yeah. totally agree with you. No, definitely. And the one thing is, is though, since there will always be just one or two coaches that happens to be a good football coach coming <clears> from that defensive side, if you're going to go pluck a defensive coach, Orlando does fit that profile of the one to get. It's in the best conference, yet you're the guy that can stop the modern offense. So that's why he's even in demand right now that he even gets an interview or is even thought of for this job because like you said the whole culture is offense but there's still that necessity that if you want to win championships you understand you have to stop that offense so those elitist of elitists of course it's the Saban DC smart or Saban DC Pruitt very rarely do you get that but Orlando showed in this culture this conference in modern football it's almost invaluable to have a defense that can stop these offenses so there's gonna be that super demand for him from the at the highest up if everybody believes he can be that guy but like you said right now when you're playing an offensive game in college football not many are going to do that and it's going to be against the grain so it's going to be something that won't be a popular opinion but still may come if that's what he's aspiring to be it it, it was kind of a mixed bag you look at last year's coaching carousel it was kind of a mixed bag uh in terms of kind of offensive and defensive guys you you take a look guys like matt rule uh, randy edsel some guys like that that had kind of mixed backgrounds backgrounds offense and defense but I mean, Justin Wilcox gets the Cal job. He's a defensive guy. Luke Fickle getting the Cincinnati job. Defensive guy. Butch Davis, a defensive guy. Um, Ed Ogeron, a defensive line coach by trade. Jeff Collins was a defensive coordinator of Florida. He goes to Temple. Charlie Strong, obviously a defensive background. Like all guys that went going down to South Florida. Yeah. yeah. So like guys that are just taking whatever. It's a great point. But like me. offensive guys like Willie Taggart. He's like <laughs> they're moving like, he's on like, up. He's you talking about going to Blue Bloods. Yeah. Offensively, Charlie Strong going. From Texas to South Florida, yeah, Will Muschamp yeah. from Florida to South Carolina. So it shows right? what your trend is right yeah, there. Even the really good ones like Muschamp and Charlie Strong are starting to be devalued overall. Yeah. Not because they don't, you know, they're not good at what they do, but only because <laughs> man, offense is such demand. Right that's now. that's you a great I mean? way to put Take it. Take away though, quarterback yeah. from Florida or Texas yeah. the past decade. Offense is such suck. demand. All right, break time on the show, but when we come back, it's more Texas football talk. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Rod, we talked about this some last week. Actually, before we get to this Todd Orlando point, I want, I want to bring this up. I don't want to get too far off into this discussion, but mm-hmm. I think this helps kind of understand why people are looking for offense and searching for offense. I heard you talking about this on the Rodcast a couple weeks ago. Uh, the crisis the NFL is dealing with right now, oh, yeah, man. just in terms of you know the lack of quality quarterbacks, there aren't that many, the lack of quality offensive line. Like There's an offensive line crisis it is. in the National Football yeah. League. And, and a coaching crisis. And it's all because of spread offenses. Yeah. But at what point does the NFL just have to adapt to what the college game is sending us? Like, you know what? Everybody's running spreads now. Hey, man, we can't be a, a, a two-back, two-tight-end offense anymore. we got to evolve. And is They're this – do you think? Yeah, I mean, we've seen the, we've seen the NBA evolve. We've yeah. seen Major League Baseball go through its evolutions. Or have we hit just hit an evolution yeah. of football where it's like, yeah, we're not gonna get you know the road grade and the three point stance anymore. This is what the college game is sending us because it's what the high school level is sending the college game. Everybody's just gonna have to adapt. Yeah, I mean, you're already seeing Kansas City. Uh, I think it's at the forefront of it. All the teams at the uh, top but, of the standings. Yeah, but you but you even saw with Deshaun Watson with Bill O'Brien and the mm-hmm. Texans even here uh, in, in 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 Houston because I mean that offense it just it just uh it morphed <laughs> it, it you know what I mean you saw it just kind of morph and evolve so quickly into a pr- explosive offense the best offense in the NFL and it was one guy and one head coach and pretty much all the same pieces around them are the same you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. and yeah. yet with with him putting the mix a dual threat kind of multifaceted skill set at the quarterback position, they were able to do so many different things. Uh, so I think you're starting to see it. Like, and there are some teams that are just really reluctant to do it. Even Jared Goff. Jared Goff, no, essentially, yeah, and, and that, he's a pocket-passing quarterback. So we talked about the dual-threat element of Cam Newton and all those guys, and Russell Wilson, what the, you know, what the Seahawks have been doing for a long time. He's leading this team also in rushing, which is – it's only been done by, I think, like five guys in the league. Times. Randall Norm Cunningham Van has done Brooklyn. it. Donovan McNabb did it. Uh, I want to say uh, Bobby 
Bobby Douglas did yeah, it with the Bears. I didn't think we'd Super come Bowl in era. to record the show where Matt's trying to hammer Cam home Norm Van Brocklin's yes. numbers. It Cam Newton crazy. did it too. That's a first. Uh, year. Michael Vick actually never did it. Talking about guys who let their team in. It's only been like five guys in the history of the NFL, and Russell Wilson's on part to do it right now. Um, but even Jared Goff, just he's a spread quarterback with Jeff Fisher, old school way of thinking in that staff. Jared Goff looks like a bust. Sean McVay comes in. He's like, all right, what you run in college? They talk. They have a conversation about what he ran in college. All right, you know what? We're going to let you come up with the checks. All right? We're going to basically make all the audibles uh, very similar to the audibles and everything that you ran in college. We'll simplify everything. We'll cut the field in half if we had to. We're going to give you a really good running game because we got Todd Gurley, so don't worry about that. And, and Malcolm Brown. And Malcolm Brown. And he's able to, and we're going to bring in some pieces, right? To bring in Sammy Watkins and some other offensive weapons Robert for him. Woods, all the uh, Robert guys. Woods, yeah. And you turn that offense into one of the top three best offenses in the NFL. Right. And Jared Goff, a pocket passing quarterback, but air raid, still air raid roots, he's able to show, hey, in the NFL, you can still have success. And Carson Wentz is doing a lot of that. There's a lot of uh, principles to it, Carson Wentz. They mm-hmm. learn a lot of RPOs. And they learn about a read option with Carson Wentz. The Cowboys anymore. do too. Yeah, with Dak Prescott. So it's happening. It's happening. Just slowly but surely. But only you're right. It was out of necessity. It, right. it wasn't. They they did it unwillingly instead yeah. of just. You know, I think Andy Reid maybe one of the ones guys like, oh, he embraced it. The rest of those guys didn't embrace it. They they did it begrudgingly. You know what I mean? That's yeah. and I think that's the the disheartening thing. So Rod, when you let's get back to uh, Todd Orlando. When you look at the the challenges he faces going into year two. I think this is kind of where I'm at with this. We talked about this last week, but now that we know he's going to be back, this is I think this is even more prevalent. It's your defense is going to take a step back. We know that. Yep. You don't yeah, lose. Yeah. You don't lose as much talent as they're going to lose. Since is all American in the secondary. At safety, <laughs> uh, you lose Holton Hill at corner. Your best cover. Puna man. Ford at nose. Well, it's not official yet, but let's go ahead and assume you're losing Malik Jefferson. Where's Sony? Linebacker. Yeah. Um, central nervous system of your defense, the guts of your defense gone. Wow. And the guy that we had this debate last week that I thought was the MVP of the defense in Holton Hill. That's four four pieces are going to be really hard to replace. I, I say Puno Ford's your MVP, right. but either way, you're losing them. Right. You're losing them. The challenge is just don't let the defense fall off a cliff. Yeah. Which happened with Vance Bedford uh, when he had similar losses to the central nervous system and the good of that defense and also Manny Diaz before him. So – I'm not asking for much for Todd Orlando in year two. I'm not asking for a repeat of this year. Just don't let the defense become an abomination. He inherits – I got I got to go back and look at this, and I'll go track it for the next podcast. When Manny Diaz lost, you know, Keiston Randall and Blake Gideon and, and Keenan Robinson and Manny Acho from that defense, and then after that in 2014, Vance Bedford loses – uh, Quandre Diggs and Mikael Thompson, I think, and Jordan Hicks and Malcolm Brown, uh, Malcolm Brown and Ke- uh, Cedric Reed, Steve, uh, Steve Edmund. Edmund. All right, Cedric Reed too. When he and that was a ton. All right, he lost. He lost even more than Manny Diaz before him. I got to go look at what they inherited because I know that Manny Diaz inherited a lot of young talent because that's what a lot of that young talent was leaving in 2014. Right. Mm-hmm. It was young though. It was young and inexperienced talent. Quandre um, was a sophomore. Malcolm Brown was a true freshman. Yeah, you said, uh, Jordan. Jordan. Th- think about that. There's a lot of young like, talent. You, you remember you know last I mean? week I talked about the Hassan Ridgeway thing in 2015? Like Kenny Vaccaro like, was on. Was on the 2012 defense. On the 2012 like, defense. And like, then it was that Mississippi game. Whenever you like, realize, yeah, no, like how much of good. a difference would Hassan, a healthy Hassan Ridgeway for 12 games, had made in 2015? How much of a difference would a healthy Jordan Hicks have made in 2012? Because oh, no you think about that defense, yeah, just look, like you said, Matt. Look at the Ole Miss game. The first half hurt. of the Ole Miss game, and then Hicks gets hurt, and then the second half of the Ole Miss look game. The Philadelphia Eagles, who I mean, yeah. it's a starting middle linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. And Rod, <laughs> you great job as the best pass, uh, or best in coverage yeah. linebacker in I'll, NFL last year. Continue to tip my hat to Rod for this going back to the 2012 season. Rod was the only person freaking out after that old Miss game about the defense. You, yeah. Of all the well, players to see it. Anybody that was analyzing the game, every or you were the Ole only Miss, one that was Miss like, guys. I mean, I know Ole Miss had a, a good second half. There were other guys running wide over through that defense. I was like, oh, he should have hit that guy. That got him in a touchdown. Dante like, Moncrief, who's he? It was yeah. So I agree with you, man. It was uh, that that was troubling to me. But you're right. I gotta go see Todd Orlando from what I can see. Just uh, you know, my kind of my memory, which is not great. I had to go back and actually look at it and do the research. I think this group that he's inheriting is better than the group that um, maybe Manny Diaz inherited. It's better, it's better than the group Vance Bedford inherited, brought back in 2015. Yeah, because he lost a ton. 
I got to look at the Manny Diaz group. I think it may be. I don't know if it's better than that because that group really young was. It was young, guys. but you had Alex yeah, Okafor was on Quandre the defense, Caro. Yeah. A lot of NFL talent on that NFL defense you inherited. So, but, yeah. you know, this this defense, like we talked about last week, we didn't get into it, so I guess we'll get into it now. This defense coming back for 2018, what you might lack in, quote-unquote, NFL talent, you're making up for an experience. Like, you think about the defensive line experience you're bringing back with Chris Nelson mm-hmm. and Brecken Hager and Malcolm Roach. Yeah. If Charles Amenahu decides to come back, I like it. That's that's a really good group of four right there with Gerald Wilbon and Taquan Graham another year also mixing in there. Mm-hmm. At linebacker, Gary Johnson, Anthony Wheeler's played a lot of football. Gary Johnson played really well in the second half of the season. Now what you've got behind them in terms of depth, a lot of that's gonna be determined by how you finish up this two thousand eighteen recruiting class. But at least you know your two front line guys, at least you've seen them put good stuff on film. I agree with that. And then in the secondary, again, it's kind of like the same thing a linebacker. You know your front line guys. I'm thinking you're going to get Chris Boyd back at this point. You bring back Brandon Jones. P.J. Lott comes back. John Bonney's a veteran Davis. guy. Devontae Davis has played a lot of football. Yeah. Your depth, though, is going to have to come from the true freshman, whether if you get Anthony Cook as part of the 2018 class, you talk about But you got DJ, six DJ DB Foster, or five Stern, DBs coming in, right? My guy, my guy who I think is the best nickel guy in, in the country and Deshaun Jameson. So. That's huge. Yeah, you're you bringing got... in a lot of. It's gonna it's gonna be similar to the 2012 defense, where I think your higher end pieces in terms of potential NFL guys will be your younger guys on defense. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those guys win those jobs in training camp. If you end up getting Anthony Cook on on board there, and I think that'll be six DBs. If they Cooks get in for the Cook. spring, so I mean, he could win one. Of the, he could win that corner job. That's what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't be ball. I wouldn't be surprised if you see one or two of those young DBs end up winning those jobs in training camp because I listen. I, I know they weren't happy with the way PJ Locke played this year. Right. Uh, obviously, Houghton Hill leaves a void at the cornerback position, so that spot will probably be open too. Um, and then Deshaun Elliott, of course, leaving leaves a safety open spot. Well, so you got to think you about can, this. They have three that. different potential uh, spots open for young guys to step in there. I think two of those young freshmen, from what I've heard, can p- compete right away right. for starting positions. And if you think about these kids, just this class, I mean, Herman didn't get to handpick that last class. He just got hired and came in like this is yeah. the first class to where it, you're going to see the actual. There's no excuse if say the player doesn't fit what you're doing because you were the one that got to get them so therefore it made most sense to that he'll be playing the most of those guys if you're going to defer before you we'd always say it's a youth movement you're going to normally err on the side of the young guy over the old guy but they all were not Herman's guys now that you have Herman's guys you may see even more of a youth movement in that direction and it's only natural with every single coaching you learn a lot about a coach by looking at his recruiting class about his his ideology and exactly his ideology and what he believes in, and you seeing that defensive backs are big for him. Quarterback position is big for him in his first recruiting class. Where they're loading up and they're getting talent. Rod, let me ask you this. If John Bonney's kind of your Swiss Army knife back there, which I think he's your number one hmm. guy coming off the bench, and if you're in your dime package, he's your Can play safety, play corner, back. play nickel or dime. If you wanted to move P.J. Locke back to safety with Brandon Jones, which I think is a good fit for him, and and I would rather have two veterans at safety because we know with the way offenses are in the Big 12, with the way the game is now, you need to have guys that know what they're doing at safety. You can't be deficient from a skill set, talent, football IQ standpoint at safety. It kills you if you are. I like that idea. How tough is it to play nickel as a true freshman? Because if a guy like Deshaun Jameson could come in, if they wanted to play him at nickel, how tough is it to play nickel right off the bat? Yeah, it's gotten much uh, more complex. I mean, when I came you know, on the 40 acres, I played nickel as a freshman. Uh, we were playing against mostly running football teams. We were playing against I formation. So, you know, I mean, it wasn't as complex as it is today. As we um, said, Bull <clears throat> Reese making you defend that option, take right? all fullbacks. Yeah, I'm defending triple option from Nebraska. So it's a different. it was a different game altogether. So I agree with you um, because – you know, that guy, I, I've said I think that guy may be the most important player on defense in the Big 12 in the spread era is your nickel position. Mm-hmm. That guy, he ends up, you know, he has to play the run. Uh, you know, he plays, you know, your zone. He plays man. He's got a man up on the slide receiver with a two-way go, which I still think is one of the most underrated in terms of toughest things for any athlete to do as a cover guy with a two-way go like that. Usually a lot of teams put their best 
uh, receivers in the slot to try to give them a matchup advantage. You got to cover those guys. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those positions you got to you got to got to be a jack, you know, kind of jack of all trades. You got to be a Swiss Army knife there. Um, so it's tough. But if you have a young player who does have that kind of skill set, held with Nathan Vasher, when you seen that guy cover and you, you saw his skill set, it was like, well. I know Nichols is a tough position to play, but that guy can do it. That that guy. So I always said that nickel position, if you can play it, it usually means you have a very high ceiling as a defensive back. That's why you go look at the history of people who play nickel at Texas. They most of most of those guys play in the league. Hell, Duke right. Thomas is playing league now. I'm Nick not saying you're gonna get drafted and be an All American and you know be Earl Thomas, but your ceiling is a high ceiling. It's a, it's a Sunday skill set. You have to have a Sunday skill set yes. to play nickel. Um, PJ Locke has probably been one of the biggest disappointments at nickel in a while, considering the season he had. Just to be honest with you, especially the year he had in 2016. Prior to that, yes, yeah. he, had, he was the best defensive back graded out, I believe, by Pro Football Focus in that secondary in 2005. In 2016, and I didn't need PFF to tell me that. The eye test told me yeah, exactly. he was the best guy. Well, I, 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 yeah, but I, I agree with you 100. Right. And then in 2017, you see the huge drop off. I don't know if it was injury or whatever. So yeah, man, you said you like Deshaun Jameson. If you see a young guy who's got that, and I've seen Deshaun Jameson because I'm, you know, I'm I'm a Lamar Texan, Lamar racial slur. No, Rod, you it. are a Lamar racial slur. Uh, I am, um, and I've seen a young man. He's he's probably arguably the best returner, uh, one of the best returners in the country they too. Got some guys in his class that can give him some juice in the return. So game. that guy, yeah. I, he kind of reminds me, of, he's got a little Nathan Basher skill set in him, Deshaun I think Jameson. So. Yeah, because he's one of those guys. He's kind of just a football player. Well, and that's got a lot of that, you know. What I mean, like I could have put him, you know. What I mean, and, you know, Duke Thomas was described as that. We've had many arguments about that before, but he ended up playing nickel too. So I agree with you. Aaron Williams played, you know, nickel. I, I agree with you on that. Deshaun remind, James is that guy's a young position. You might need to roll the dice on him and just say, you know what, we're gonna have veterans around him. We're going to have a really good corner. We can protect our young corner, but if he's really talented, we can kind of roll coverage his way. We'll put a veteran over the top of all you guys with PJ Locke and then, and then kind of. You know, really protect those guys until they come of age. All right, break time on the show, but when we come back, it's more Texas football talk. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Chris Del Conte, the new athletic director, this you, this kind of came out of left field. You know, we had been hearing the horns twenty four seven that back a couple weeks ago that something could happen within the next you know sixty ninety days, probably the early part of two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm. But it was looking like Chris Del Conte was the number one target for for Greg Fenvis and for this administration. And they go out and get it done, man. You talk about a home run hire, hiring a rock star, the number one guy that you could probably go out and realistically get. They go out and get him. Right, and right. so now, when you talk about the athletic department as a whole, you've got your baseball coach, you've got your guy replacing Augie Garrido and David Pierce. You've got your basketball coach replacing Rick Barnes and Shaka Smart. You've got the guy that you think is the guy as the head football coach in Tom Herman, and now you've got a full-time athletic director. And Rod, I just like the fact that Chris Del Conte seems like the perfect kind of guy Texas needs who can respect the past but not live in it and knows this athletic department has to go has to advance forward to keep pace with what everybody else is doing because for too far Texas for too long Texas was just resting on its laurels oh we are the Joneses thing everything like that and everybody else on the block was building really bigger nicer houses just Mm -hmm. as nice as what you've got and nicer in some cases now it's time for Texas to get back to the forefront Uh, you know to that point I do believe and it was weird because it was kind of an under under the radar announcement you know it was like Mm -hmm. if you weren't keeping up with Twitter that day you would have missed yeah. it that's you know, how I, you know, found it. I was, was like, like whoa oh, what the hell my girlfriend told me she was like baby they had a new athletic director and I was like no they didn't and I was like that would have been <laughs> the big news I mean she was like no I'm serious they had a new athletic director and I was like oh what the hell um so I believe and this is just kind of my theory and I don't know I'm sure it's been in the works for a while um but in terms of Texas making that move and making it when they did because a lot of people thought this could go into the new year still them looking for a director and we didn't know how they were going to do it they were going to hire some search firm like they did when they Which hired Biggest Patterson, damn waste of time, right? Ever. And all that kind of stuff. Um, but Greg Finvis has proven that he's a man that that gets stuff done now. And I think this is kind of a underrated, in my opinion. This should be uh, a really a lot of praise going to Greg Finvis. Exactly. I, it's a it's a hell of a move by him. And and off and on, he's he's actually had to come in and be really hands on and save some things with the athletic department lately. Uh, remember the Sterling Gilbert hire? You know, oh, you, gosh. Barely, you know, barely yeah. like Greg Finvis comes in, it's like what the hell is Greg? 
Eric, I thought he was he's a president. Why is he hanging out? You know, no. he's been he, he's and I've heard a couple of stories about Greg Finvis just kind of coming to save the day. Like, hey, if I got to be hands on, I got to do it. I like that about him. So I want to give props to Greg Finvis number one because I think it's a big move by him. Mm-hmm. Um, but number two, and I've heard this about Chris Del Conte, nothing but great things about him. He is a perfect mix of you know they like Mike Perrin because he was you know he was kind of the everyman, uh, he could get on everybody's level. One of those guys had humility and humor, very little hubris. He's got all of that that we love Mike Perrin for. But like DeLos Dodds, he's all about the student athletes. So he's kind of an advocate for student athletes. So that was the best of DeLos Dodds. This guy says that if he's in town, he goes to every sporting event. It's like, what? <laughs> and DeLos Dodds, and I can show you DeLos Dodds is not at men's tennis hanging out every now and then. Right. Yeah, not- <laughs> DeLos was weird. I walked DeLos into the Dallas- pisser and he yeah. pees with normal people. I was blown no, away. DeLos Dodds the man. Yeah, DeLos, you know, DeLos was. DeLos Dodds is a great everyman. DeLos Dodds, you can't, you can't. You couldn't get Delos Dodson. You people. couldn't get Delos Dodson shut up if you ever got into um, a conversation with him, and that's if you're just you just a complete stranger. Right. All right, yeah. So I, I so I, he's got all of those things. There are stories about him helping uh, put up, you know, tents for tailgates randomly because he's that kind of guy. So I think he's got that hands-on approach. That's kind of the southern hospitality that Texas really likes. But he's got to have the business savvy, and we know there are three things that he's got to do. He's got to uh, turn the football program around. And if you look at TCU and what our athletic programs have done. The big three. The basketball team is ranked now after hiring Jamie Dixon uh, not too long ago. That was a big move for them. Um, of course, Gary Patterson may be the most consistent football coach in the state of Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the best in the country. And of course, the baseball team is always ranked. And they're always really, really good. So their big three is what basically d- decides if you're a good AD or not. Their big three on point. And he is a big reason for that. So I that's why I think that even though he's got with Tom Herman, they got some roots going back to Rice. You know, he's a guy that can focus on the big three and get those things turned around for Texas. Number two, the basketball arena. The guy can raise funds apparently like a son of a gun. I mean, that's what he really does well. Uh, Talk to boosters, relate to boosters. That's what people liked about Mac Brown potentially being that guy that Mac Brown Mm -hmm. could raise a lot of money. Apparently, he's got a little bit of that too. He can raise money. Um, So that should be good. He's got no debt, $300 million uh, in fundraising and booster donations and and, uh, uh, I want to say uh, revenue there for the TCU facility. So he can do that. So the basketball arena it should be good. We still don't know a lot about it, but it should be good. And he's also got to find a way to navigate the future of college football with the Big Twelve. Um, and I think the I think the the future deterioration um, and destruction of the Big Twelve. I think mm-hmm. it's even though the Big Twelve had a really really good year, its best year since two thousand eight. I still think it's inevitable that the Big Twelve is going to dissolve. How do you, if that if that does happen? How does Texas navigate it? Where's your vision for Texas in the mix? And number four, not really on the list. I want to see him maximize LHN, which is, um, you know, kind of an asset for Texas that no other school has, yeah. and yet it has been more of an albatross, more of a liability to Texas than it's been an asset, mm-hmm. and I, that's ridiculous. It shouldn't be that. I would like to see him try to find a way to maximize that, but don't mistake it. This is a response to AM making one of the biggest splash hires in the history of college football, and to Oklahoma having one of the best years they've ever had in the history of their program. Post-Stoops. <laughs> Post-Stoops. First year coaching Lincoln Riley, Baker Mayfield, winning the Heisman. A lot of people that are saying that Oklahoma is going to win the national title. First year of Tom Herman. And what did I say? The the best things that can, that happened to Mac Brown were Oklahoma winning the national title in Bob Stoops' second year, and, and Texas A&M winning the Big 12 in his first year. People forget mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It, that put pressure instantly on Mac Brown. Like, damn, they won the Big 12. That was the best year, arguably, or one of the best years that Texas A&M football has ever had. It was Mac Brown's first year. Overshadows Texas Heisman. A healthy amount of pressure and fear into Mac Brown to make moves. He hired Coach Aquino for that reason. That's why he competed for Big 12 titles early. Because I think Mac Brown's like, man, we can't work any times with a sense of urgency. I think he'll do the same thing to Tom Herman. And this is a part of Texas' reaction to their rivals making right. big moves. Mm-hmm. Big picture, and then let me bring it back to Tom Herman. As far as the big three coaches go, I think Chris Del Conte is the type of athletic director, unlike Steve Patterson, who, going back, I went back and watched the Steve Patterson press conference yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was at that one. And just the tone from both of them couldn't be more different. Yeah. It's Steve Patterson talking about expanding the brand and this, that, and the other. And Crystal Conte's like, no, we're, we're here to win championships. That's what a successful athletic department does. And if you win championships, the other stuff just kind of just happens around. Right. So I, I'm with him. I'm with him on that. And I think a lot of Texas fans are. When you look at the coaches in the big three, I'd like to think Crystal Conte's a guy, based on what he did at TCU, he's going to kind of eliminate your excuses. I think he's going to give these coaches everything that they need to succeed. And at some point, it's like, okay, I'm giving you this. If you can't get it done, tell me what you need to get done. Let me help you. I'll get, I'll get it done. If you need David Pierce, you need that facility 
down the right field line. You know, the multiple story building with you know new player development area and coaches' offices and a new training room. You need all that. Boom, I'll get it for you. Yeah. Tom Herman, you need a new indoor facility. We'll make that happen. If you need money this offseason to go hire an offensive coordinator, we'll do that. Shaka Smart, we'll get this basketball arena done. We'll get you a new practice facility. If we say we're Texas, we should be since, spending money like we're Texas. Since Cooley's getting torn down, we'll we'll get you all that going. Right. So I think that's going to happen. But with Tom Herman and Chris Del Conte, this this hire of all those coaches and of everybody in the athletic department, I think Tom Herman's the guy that benefits the most because he's got a guy in Chris Del Conte who they've got some roots. I think Tom Herman's shown people are disappointed by the six and six record, and, and we all are, and we all can nitpick it. But I thought about this the other day, and and, and people are already like, well, if Tom Herman's here in 2019. If he's here in 2020, look, I think I think the oh, best really? the best move for Texas right now is unless something happens that is just inexcusable, I think Tom Herman needs to fulfill this five-year contract to see where you are at the end of it, to give him a full amount of time to try to turn this thing around because Texas hasn't won a lot of football games this decade, Rod. This wasn't going to be like a one-year turnaround, like some of us, myself included, incorrectly thought was going to be the case. It's going to take you multiple recruiting cycles to restock the shelves, to get yourself in a position where you can go compete for a conference championship with the kind of depth and top-end talent that you need. So I think it's only right that whatever change Tom Herman needs to make right now, go make them. If Tom Herman needs money to go hire an offensive coordinator, if he needs another seven figures to, to hire an offensive coordinator, by all means, go do it. I, I I don't want Tom Herman to have any excuses that oh, I didn't get support from the athletic director. And get this, Chris Del Conte is the kind of AD that's going to give him all all the support he needs to be successful. I would like to see those resources get put into Tom Herman, and I would like to see this get exhausted to the point where if at the end of the contract or if along the way there's a five and seven season and a loss to Kansas, because think about this, I wouldn't have liked it per se. I wouldn't have thought that it was necessarily the best move for the program, but I wouldn't have been vehemently against it. I would have thought that maybe, okay, I would be willing to give it a shot. Had Charlie not lost to Kansas, I think he gets a fourth year. I think, yeah, I he think most people have, are leaving yeah. that way. Yeah. If they've been really a six was. and six, I think most people I think he gets a fourth way. year. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And I think, okay, there are no excuses in year four. You either get it. his fourth year with that defense. Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. You either get I mean, it done, you either, you either get I mean, it done or you don't. Yeah. That's so big in like said when you look at like the modern culture going against the grain yet the smartest decision may be allowing the time and we even said that that Charlie yeah it just is one of those things that's an unforgivable loss that when that happens we just had to strip it take the band-aid off and move on it, we even admitted on the front and it probably wasn't even fair but to do have that maybe happen again would be then something systemic where you're making reaction or making big decisions based on fan base reactions and if that becomes a common threat throughout multiple ADs and stuff, then that shows that it's a systemic type of issue to where, yeah, giving a guy the time only makes sense, but with modern society going in the total opposite direction and everything having to be done hyper, it'll be interesting to see if he actually does get it, you um, know? I, 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 the new I hire help. I heard uh, Mac Engel of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram talking about this, and he made a really good point. I, he kind of stumbled upon it. He wasn't even really asked about it. He was asked about with Del Conte leaving, you know, uh, Gary Patterson, and where would he be in terms of, you know, leaving TCU as a stepping stone program? And then he kind of started stumbling upon, like, you know, well, hell, man, I wonder if if uh, Tom Herman actually didn't work out, what would happen? Yep. And, you know, I don't know if the, the folks who are decision makers are thinking about it, but it is actually brilliant whether it was a happy accident or not. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows that Gary Patterson was been has been waiting on a phone call from Texas, much like Art Browse was waiting on a phone call from Texas. Everybody wants that phone call from Texas at one point, um, reportedly from Mac Engel, he hadn't gotten it. He interviewed with Tennessee and Nebraska and a lot of other blue bloods, but that Texas phone call, which everybody takes, hell, Bill Belichick would take that call. He ain't going to leave the NFL, but he would take that call because <laughs> it's Texas calling. Um, if Tom Herman, if we have been bamboozled and hoodwinked and led astray by Tom Herman in his first two years at U of H, and he's not the guy, and that plan fails, and we know it in year three and a half, all right, mm-hmm. by the half Lose to uh, midpoint, yeah, whatever it is, there's a guy who's a proven commodity right down there at TCU who your athletic director now has a straight beeline to. Yeah. Right. He literally has a straight line to that guy. And we know Gary Patterson loves him from Del Conte. And you really ain't got to change too much. He's a guy who basically has grown Texas roots over the, I don't know, 17 years or whatever he's mm-hmm. been at TCU. So you got, you almost have your plan B built, yeah. in, built in with Del Conte. It's right. already there. It's like, right it's there. like, all right, all right, Tom Herman, you get your four years. <laughs> oh, Tom Herman, you're screwing up. We can start calling, uh, we can start calling Gary Patterson in year three, like, hey, GP. Start getting everything ready, man. They get put, they start selling your house or do whatever. We're going to get this done. Get the contract his wife, already his ready. His wife is a Texas ex. Exactly. Like, this guy, we know he 
ain't the guy. It's already a done deal. So you're playing B for football. This is the beautiful thing about it. No, yeah. It's already in place. I think Gary Patterson will probably be like, I don't know, 59 but or 60. Here's the thing, though, Rod. Even if, it's not, even, if it's not, even if it's not Gary Patterson, right? Well, we're just <laughs> throwing no, it's it's throw But look, hear me out, though. Hear me it's out, though. Regardless of whatever the plan B is, Crystal Conte doesn't have to go to plan B for a few more years. Yeah. Got Tom Herman going in. And, yeah. and this is across all sports. Like three or four Tom years. Herman going into his second year yeah. next year. David Pierce getting ready to go into his second year. Shaka Smart's in his third year. Yeah. So Mike Perrin and Greg Fenvis really throughout this whole just kind of weird time in Texas athletics, they've already done kind of the heavy lifting for him. All he's got to do is come in, evaluate, take these coaches that are still early in their tenures, Tom Herman included, and say, what do you need to help you win? I agree. Yeah. Let, tell me what you need and I'll go get it. If I it's agree with that. If, it's, if we've got the money, I'll give it to you right now. If I need to go raise it, let's go raise it. No, I agree with you, but the truth is you won't see that stuff for another three years either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, hey, what do you need? Oh, I need uh, build, I need an indoor facility. Okay. Okay, yep. it'll be here in 2020, the next 2023. So, you know what I mean? Like, my point is, so I agree with you 100%, but the whole thing is, like, if you're an athletic director, that's your job, dude, is thinking about plan B. You're, that's your whole yeah, job. Plan B your your job sports. is to right now already position yourself to plan B. The Big 12 doesn't work out. What's plan B? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, yes, that's, that's what you are. But that's, you are, you that's, are the guy that always should be thinking ahead when everybody else is thinking right now right. in the mm-hmm. present. You're thinking in the future. That's your job. To the point of Texas doing this right now, that's why this move needed to be made. They needed to get a guy like Chris Del Conte, who's not thinking about, okay, the immediate future, but where is, where, let's go, let's start thinking about right now about when that grant of rights expires. What are we going to do? He's doing his job. That's that's his job. Do we, do we want to keep this Big 12 around? Because if we need to keep the Big 12 around, there's got to be changes, man. If we got to keep it alive, then Texas needs to get behind it and push it and push it up. And then it'll, it'll, it'll be, it'll be sustained longer. But if not, then let it wither and die. And then we can, we can, you know, start executing our plan B or whatever it is. That's the guy you hired. Or at least that's what you hired him. And you hired a guy that in the right time, too. You didn't hire this guy, say, four years ago. And that might have been why you didn't get this guy back then, because everything was corrosive around this. You didn't have, like you said now, okay, well, yeah, you have three new hires, but if they don't work out, it isn't on this guy's blood. You already have the idea and the visions of the futures of these programs, but if they fall off, it's not going to be on him, and then this guy will be making those good decisions for the future. So it's a perfect time if you're Del Conte to come into Texas a lot better than it was, say, four or five years ago when it would have been arguably the worst time to ever come into right. Texas. The, the hatchet man theory. Yes. About oh, yeah. The, bottom, the bottom line yeah. for me on Del Conte and Tom Herman, on Crystal Conte and Tom Herman, is Tom Herman clearly has a vision for what he wants Texas football to be. Mm-hmm. And now he's got an athletic director who has shown in his previous job he can take that coach's vision and whether it's buildings or whatever, he can help bring that to life. But the flip side of that is we're going to hit a point, whether it's stuff that's in the works or whatever or another facelift of Moncrief or whatever, we're going to hit a point where Tom Herman doesn't have any excuses. So whatever you, people wanted to say about Charlie Strong, he didn't have the support from this guy, he didn't have the support from that person, whatever, that's not going to be said about Tom Herman. If Tom Herman fails at Texas, it'll be because he wasn't the guy and didn't get the job done. Agreed. And that's ultimately what the case was with Charlie. I mean, look, we, like we said, five and seven, you lose to Kansas, you don't keep your job mm-hmm. at Texas doing that. Yeah. But he would say that. the fact that you've got the head football coach that you think is the guy, now you've got an athletic director that unquestionably is going to be behind that football coach and yeah. give him every possible opportunity to prove that he's the guy. I agree with that. Yeah. All right, guys, it is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that when we come back and close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to Geico. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, Geico cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the Geico legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit Geico.com or download the Geico app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. I'm Grant Langston, the new CEO of eHarmony. If you're online dating and looking for love, you're probably tired of the lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, and matches that never turn into dates. If that's you, it's time to try eHarmony. 
Dating apps of one kind or another have been around a long time. But at the end of the day, they're just virtual bars where no one ever buys you a drink. eHarmony's different. We're built to help you have a better relationship, and we do that with 17 years of research and experience. eHarmony's gotten really good at bringing compatible people together. People that want the same things you do and are ready for a real relationship. Hey, it can be fun to play around with online dating apps. But when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Go to eHarmony.com today and get a month free when you buy a three-month plan. Use code DATE. eHarmony.com. Use code DATE. Ow, ow. Yep, you guessed it. I'm a speed bump, so I've got one job. I slow you down. So imagine how I feel about Geico, who does way more. Like, not only could they save you money on car insurance... But they've been around for over 75 years, giving people fast and friendly claim service. Ow, ow. Plus, they got a nifty mobile app that gives you 24-7 access. Ow, ow. Just doing my job, buddy. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. I'm Grant Langston, the new CEO of eHarmony. If you're online dating and looking for love, you're probably tired of the lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, and matches that never turn into dates. If that's you, it's time to try eHarmony. Dating apps of one kind or another have been around a long time. But at the end of the day, they're just virtual bars where no one ever buys you a drink. eHarmony's different. We're built to help you have a better relationship, and we do that with 17 years of research and experience. eHarmony's gotten really good at bringing compatible people together. People that want the same things you do and are ready for a real relationship. Hey, it can be fun to play around with online dating apps. But when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Go to eHarmony.com today and get a month free when you buy a three-month plan. Use code DATE. eHarmony.com. Use code DATE. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. This holiday season, make the smart choice and switch to Sprint and get a new Samsung Galaxy S8, S8 Plus, Note 8, or S8 Active with 50% off your lease. That's right, the hottest Samsung devices, 50% off. Plus, with Galaxy Forever, you can upgrade to the latest Galaxy anytime after 12 lease payments. And when you switch to Sprint, you get the best price for Unlimited. $25 per month per line for a family of four, plus get a fifth line free. That's 50% off Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. You also get 10 gigabytes of mobile hotspot in HD, so you can stream your favorite holiday movies, music, and games. So stop by your local Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Holiday Deals, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 to learn more. Requires 18-month lease and new line savings via monthly credit applied within two bills. Early termination results in remaining balance due after one thirty one nineteen. Pay $38 a line per month with auto pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, and roaming. Compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited rates, AT&T Unlimited Plus Plan and T-Mobile One Plus Plan for five lines. Carrier features differ. Coverage and offer not everywhere. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. The offensive discussion I was going to have is if Tom Herman decides he needs money to go hire an offensive coordinator. Hey, Del Conte he will help it. you out with exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're Texas. We shared the fattest <laughs> checkbook in the world for this. Because Del Conte just dealt with this when Sonny Cumbie and, and uh, Meacham were big, I don't know. Yeah. Big Whenever it was decided between Cumbie to come yeah. here or. You're right about that. That's a that's a really good point. And you know what? I think the, the pressure from AM making their big splash and Tim Brewster now also making another mini splash. Because Tim Bruce is going to be there with um, Jimbo Fisher and them hiring. They got the uh, offensive coordinator from Memphis. Yes. Right? Uh, As their offensive Darryl coordinator. Dickey. Right? Darryl, 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 Darryl Dickey. Um, so, my Former point North being, they're making moves, and hmm. um, obviously, the Oklahoma is doing what they're doing in the college football playoff, and they got the Heisman winner in Baker Mayfield. I think Tom Herman, there may be enough pressure on him just from the rivals doing mm-hmm. what they're doing and, and having a lot of success for him to go, damn, you know what? I need to I need to make a change before, here. Before I got to do something. Before, before we get out of here, before we close this down, Rod, I want to get your thoughts on Tim Bruce today and him because people can poo-poo it if they want. 
want to. I think the fact that you've got Tim Brewster recruiting against Texas right now in, Houston. in and around Houston, that's not good for Texas. Anyway, he slices it, it makes your job that much harder. But, Rod, for anybody that would want to say, well, why is Tim Brewster so good? Tim Brewster got you to the 40 acres. Yeah, he did. And his game hadn't slipped that much in the last no, I heard it's gotten better. 20 or so years. Yeah, it's yeah. gotten better. He's a better recruiter. Just, I mean, I, like I said, I call him the Rick Flair of recruiting. He's just uh, Jalen Ramsey and that team have just yeah. so much talent on that 2014. Think Florida about State those Florida team. State that, teams yeah, lately, and he, he, he's the guy that recruited Vince Young. They Texas would put would sick him essentially on on the guy they needed to have, like the guy that would make or break that recruiting class. He went and stole Chris Sims from Tennessee. I remember when everybody was like, "Yeah, Chris Sims committed to Tennessee today," and he's like, "Man, I wouldn't believe that for a sec." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, yeah, I just talked to him, man. He's still on that Texas bandwagon. That's how he talks. I'm, yes. I'm doing my best. No. He's, still, he's still on that Texas bandwagon, man. Don't you worry about it, bro. Don't you worry about that, man. Like, he's like, and he's got this swagger about him. He's still, I mean, young people love him. He's got uh-huh. an energy that really is just it, it's, it's hard to quantify. And this guy, when he gets on, when he gets his mitts into somebody, man, I'm telling you, it's hard to say no to Brew. He's one of the only guys I couldn't say no to. I came to Texas mm-hmm. because of because of Tim Brewster. And everywhere he goes, I mean, every that's one thing in college football he's been able to do is recruit really good talent. Even when he was at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Go look at some of those Minnesota teams. They had talent Eric on them. Decker. Yeah, because Brewster was bringing in talent there. So that's one that he does really well. And I he's very loyal, so it doesn't shock me staying with Jimbo Fisher. He's a very loyal guy. I'm surprised. I know. Tell I know. I don't know for a fact, but I know because Tom Herman's a smart guy that he put in a call to. To Tim Brewster, he had to. Um, it probably just yeah. didn't work out the way. He should have brought Matthew McConaughey along with him. You know, what I mean, you should have brought Beyonce. Tim Brewster's like, if you don't recruit Tim Brewster, you gotta woo him because he's used to wooing. He wants to be limousine riding, jet flying kind of guy. And I don't know if Tom Herman brought. You know, he didn't bring the thunder when he recruited Tim Brewster. He probably just tried to put a call in. Now nah, it ain't like that, man. Tim mm-hmm. Brewster, you got to put in more because I guarantee Jimbo's paying him big money. Let me ask you this in closing, right? Is Tim Brewster the kind of guy that even if you don't have a staff opening right now? Is Tim Brewster, in your opinion, the kind of guy that you make room for him? Man, you make – I don't know what they're going to call him or get, what title they're going to give him. They'll make room for him. I mean, that's a guy that can own H-Town. H-Town is where – go look at Tom Herman's recruiting class right now. Look at how many of those guys are from H-Town. Yeah. Right now, H-Town, man, is a hot – because Arkansas is going to start hitting it hard. LSU loves H-Town. Um, hell, even um, Nick Saban loves H-Town. Everybody loves Houston. And Tom Herman thinks that's going to be one of his, uh, like, I kind of – ideal recruiting grounds because he's got so much um, you know history there and so many roots there from time at Rice and U of H and all that man if you let Tim Brewster from A&M get in there man it could be trouble for you uh, right now he's dominating in H-Town uh, that could change with Tim Brewster on yep. the map all right, we won't talk about Tim Brewster next week because next week we are talking about all Texas Bowl. I'm sure we'll get into some other discussions, but it is going to be all Texas in Missouri next week as we look forward to the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl on December 27th at NRG Stadium in Houston, Rod B's hometown. Rod's going home for the Texas going Bowl. Going home, man. H-Town. I'll be down there hanging out. I'll be at the game. I'm going with my pops and my brother. Nice. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right, Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rod B, appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and 1049 The Horn, our home. For everybody here at the station. Uh, for Matt, who uh, you can get this podcast thanks to Matt each and every week on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. And you get it on iTunes, TuneIn, you get it on any podcast app. Yep, or just Google us. Type in Longhorn Blitz, you'll find it. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.